and Robin here for another episode of Not Verified. Robin, what's going on, girl? Oh, we had a much better week this week. A much better week. I, I couldn't agree more with that. We um, are all healed from our bumps and lumps and blisters. Well, hold on, though. Hold on, though. <laughs> you need to talk about how you were denied from daycare, though. Oh, yeah, this morning. <laughs> I went to drop my daughter off and she asked us how our weekend was and if she was feeling better and she says i have a runny nose and my ear hurts <laughs> <laughs> we got sent back home oh sophia sophia's like nope not ready yet let me think of every symptom that is wrong right now <laughs> oh well one more day off so are you going to take her to the doctor's tonight just in case yeah, I'm going to take her to the walk-in because just an, to make sure it's not an ear infection. Well, an ear infection is not contagious. So Yeah, she's fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sophia. Well, how was, your, how was your weekend? How was your week since we um, dropped the podcast? It was good. Pretty uneventful. Other than the great neighbor fight I'm in now. Oh, tell Wait, hold on. Tell everything. I love my neighbors. I'll start there. But they have chickens who they let free range on their property and they like to come over to my property. And it's been about two years and I haven't said anything because they really didn't bother me until just now. But now they go in my garden and kick all my mulch out of my garden and sit right outside my window cock-a-doodle-dooling at like 5 a.m. <laughs> I just I hate them. And now they're ripping our garbage apart and distributing it across our front lawn. Oh, no. Really? Yes. So I very politely asked them to keep their chickens on their own property, and she has not spoke to me since. Yikes. So I think she's mad at me. I mean, the hard line is definitely the garbage all over the place. That, oh, yeah. That's... So, Kenna, if you're listening, I love you, but I hate your chickens. Kenna, please get your chickens. <laughs> get your chickens on a leash. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then, um, so Sunday night, no, Saturday night, Saturday night, uh, I'm asleep. It's like 2 a.m. I'm asleep, dead asleep. And the dog starts barking. And it wasn't just one of those, like, I'm dreaming barking. It was someone's here and there's a problem barking. And we all know that Robin is scared of the dark and being home alone. Well, so what people don't, what the listeners don't know is Robin's partner. What do we call Chris? I don't know. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Some days he's the fiance. Sophia's dad. So Sophia's dad um, works at night. So yeah. Robin is home alone during the late hours. And we live kind of in the country-ish. We have neighbors, but not a lot of them. So <laughs> there's a scratch at the door as i'm standing in the living room uh, yes emma dog barking scratching on my front door and i'm losing it oh my god chris is asleep on the couch oh wait Sophia chris, chris was home he was home. oh he was home okay wow but he was dead asleep great protector yes so i'm standing there and i'm like chris get up and he's not moving he cannot hear me so I smack him and yell at him, and he jumps up straight in the air. What? And I said, someone's at our front door. And we have a curtain, so we can't see. So he turns the outside light on and peeks into the window. And he starts laughing. I'm like, 
Why are you laughing? I'm scared. Is it the fucking chickens? It was a skunk. Ah! He was trying to get in my house. Get the fuck out of here. There was a skunk at your front door. I'm like, Chris, are you are you joking? Is this a joke? And I went and I looked and sure enough, there's a little skunk walking down my driveway because we didn't answer the door. Oh, my God. Pepe Le Pew said, let me in. Yeah, no thanks. But oh, my God. I would have shit my pants. Out of me. I think I'd be more scared of the skunk at the front door than an actual person. No. Uh, he was yeah. cute, actually. Well, he didn't see me, so he had no reason to spray us. It's probably he was be- very cute. It's probably because the chickens let out all your trash, and that's probably what attracted him. Probably, or he smelled them. I don't know. Do skunks eat other animals? I don't know. No, what no, 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 no. They eat trash, but they also they like cat food. Oh, yeah. Maybe the chicken food they could smell it. So back back when I was in my marriage, and we in our old house, not the not the one that my ex husband lives in right now, but the one before that, we used to have a big skunk issue um, for whatever reason. And we tried the humane way of like throwing mothballs where they were hanging out, but that never seemed to work. And of course we have dogs that we let out and we didn't want to run the risk of getting sprayed, them getting sprayed, ourselves getting sprayed. So my ex-husband had an animal trap. What's it called? I have a heart trap. Oh, like a live trap? Yes. Yeah. And he would put cat food in there and it would always catch them. Now you don't you, you don't want to know what he did afterwards because it was very inhumane after that, but he yeah. He would fill a garbage can up with water and then throw the trap in there. Oh. Isn't that so sad? That is very sad. Not very humane. Rest in peace. R.I.P. R.I.P. The skunks. So yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. So my week was pretty good, actually. The episode, the last episode, did fantastic. Got so yeah. much, so much great feedback from that episode, um, and a lot of confirmation that what we were saying was in fact true. Um, so that was reassuring. Sad in some instances, but reassuring because. The last thing, you know, I do believe everyone has their own perspective and their own opinion on situations. It just feels so good to be right. That's it. It just feels good to be right. (laughs) (laughs) Emma Lou's right once again. Shocker. Add it to the board. Add it to the board. So anyways... And then I had my kids a lot this week, so I was pretty busy with that, which is why the, you know, the podcast got dropped a little later in the week, because my kids were with me. We had a pretty good weekend. We had soccer going on, and then my kids yesterday ended up going to their dads to hang out, so we could do our interview with Mandy Mo and Aaron Elizabeth, which is so good. Guys, we interviewed the creators, Mandy Mo and Aaron Elizabeth. And you'll get to hear that towards the end of the podcast. What did you think, Robin? Um, You will see that I didn't say much. I was kind of soaking it all in. It's very different in Canada than it is in the United States on a lot of fronts. But specifically on the, like, acceptance and around the LGBTQ plus community, 
we more so embrace love who you love, be who you are, like live your true life. And most Canadians are not like religious. Some people are here, but not anything like in the United States. So we don't see the religion side of being gay. Mm-hmm. I just like, personally, I was raised that if you love somebody and you're not harming anybody, then do what you want. Um, That should be the mentality for a lot of people. But unfortunately, like we learned in the interview with Mandy and Aaron, that's just not the case, unfortunately. But it's such, guys, it is such a good interview. My mind was completely blown away by the end of it. We talked to them for at least an hour. Yeah, it was awesome. We could have talked forever. We could have talked forever, and we'll definitely have to have them back on. So you guys will definitely have to continue listening to this episode to catch that interview because you don't want to miss it. Um, So, Robin, I, this past weekend, when I had a little downtime, I started watching and finished on Netflix, The Real Bling Ring, Hollywood Heist. I started that. I have not completed it yet, though. Okay, so for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, back in like 2008-ish, I want to say, 2008-ish, 2009-2010, there was a big scandal where a bunch of teenagers basically robbed all the celebrities in L.A. Um, from Paris Hilton, Orlando Bloom, Audrina Partridge, uh, Rachel Bilson, and they made a movie out of it called The Bling Ring. And it was such an interesting limited series to watch because it's only three episodes. It was very interesting to watch because I remember back in those, you know, during that time frame, I actually watched the reality show Pretty Wild that Alexis Nyers was in. Now, Alexis Nyers is one of one of the um, teenagers that was guilty for the string of robberies, even though she claims she only participated in one, the Orlando Bloom uh, robbery, she was affiliated with that group. So it was Nick Prugo, who was, um, he was another individual who was interviewed on this limited series. And then his, you know, he basically starts from the beginning, how it came to be. And it was so fascinating what started off as simple teenage foolery, you know, breaking into cars suddenly turned into breaking into people's mansions and stealing millions and millions and millions of dollars. And but what started off as a horrible crime then exposes how completely fucked L.A. is because it shows, you know, the justice system doing their job yet. When they created the Bling Ring movie, it shows their lead detective who plays a part in the movie, which is a huge compromise to the case. So basically all and then it shows one of the lead attorneys, you know, getting so sucked into the fame of it, showing exposing how scripted reality television can be because they admitted that producers of the pretty wild reality show that Alexis Nyers was a part of shows, you know, that are they exposed that they had to reenact certain scenes, like when Alexis Nyers was arrested by LAPD. They reenacted the whole thing. And the and Alexis Nyers' mother signed off on all this. She allowed them to do so much 
fucked up shit because unfortunately it was seen as normal for her because when she was their age she was posing for playboy and she was yeah. using her looks and her body and her sexuality her sex appeal to to take advantage of opportunities given to her you know what i mean and it was just it it was a really really very sad situation seeing seeing such corruption within a family because they were so hungry for fame. Yeah, it's crazy. It kind of looked, that family was kind of like a bootleg Kardashians, except I think what initially started for the Kardashians as seeking fame, they actually turned it into business opportunities and created this empire where Alexis Nyers and her family were just simply wanting to be famous to be famous. Like she talks about her heavy drug use and partying. I mean, she just came across as a rich teenager, you know, clubbing all the time, doing tons of drugs, extremely spoiled. Yeah, well, and they talk about the difference between a celebrity and a star, about, you know, how celebrities have talent. Well, no, stars, stars have talent. Have and talent. celebrities just are famous because they're famous. Well, it's it's kind of fascinating how they also talk about during that time is the beginning of social media really taking off, and yeah, and well, and the art of influencing. Right. Talk about it. Right. Well, the art of influencing then started that at that point in time. And I guess I never I remember living through that and and watching things like MTV Cribs and having you know access into the homes of these celebrities and Perez seeing the nice Hilton. things having the nice things shown on we TV. We always checked that when we got home from school. Perez Hilton, exactly. Yeah, what happened today? He was the real first, like, influencer. Correct, correct. But never once did I look, when I'm watching these shows, think, oh my God, I want all these things, or this is what I have to have. At that point, because I was so young, I was like, man, like, that's just bananas that they have this wild of of success to be able to have all these things right where there were people who saw these items and immediately said i want them and broke into their houses <laughs> that's nuts well and they got like addicted to it kind of it, it was a thrill chase for them well yeah and like they were buying their friends with all this nice stuff they were taking right and it just basically, the conclusion was they were all addicted to fame one way or another. But what was interesting, they talked a lot about Tess Taylor. Tess Taylor was like, she was on Pretty Wild also. She was the friend of Alexis Nyers, who then became like almost like an unofficially adopted sister. And I came across her social media because she she purposefully uh, said no to being on the limited series, but she was furious with how often her name was used and how much of a character she was in this documentary. Hmm. And she has received zero compensation for it. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? So yeah, it's 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 definitely. I mean, any any documentary that has conflicts, like and and your name is being brought into such a criminally based documentary, you're you're gonna be upset. Yeah, absolutely. Because Tess Tess Taylor, 
was never a part of the robberies, but she hung in that, like she hung out in that group, sort of like a guilty by association type thing. Yeah, exactly. But she was never formally charged. So I don't know. It's it's all just it's it's craziness, but I can understand why she'd be upset because that was so long ago. That was oh gosh, we're in 2022, about entering into 2023. So that was 14, 15 years ago. Yeah, and now it's getting brought back up. Right. And she has children and she has a husband and she has a life that she's trying to move forward. And that's why it's so important. So important to always be mindful of the things that you're doing because it could always come back to bite you in the butt. Absolutely. And if you do something stupid, at least hold yourself accountable. Be in control of your own narrative. That's right. Exactly. All right. So today we are just going to do some Canadian crime talk, and then we're going to hop right into that interview with Mandy Moe and Aaron. It's such a good interview. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do or we did. Um, because it was it was really awesome, a really awesome conversation. But Robin, what is today's Canadian crime talk? First of all, shout out to Erin Elizabeth because she wanted to be shouted out during Canadian <laughs> crime talk because it's her favorite se- her favorite segment. <laughs> this one's for you, Erin. <laughs> so I picked a newer one. Um, it happened in 2012. Mm. So it happened in Montreal which is in Quebec. For anybody I've never been know, to Montreal. Which is, lots of people don't know Canadian geography. Yeah, never been. It's the province beside me. Okay. Um, so his name is Luca Magnata. And this is another one that has a Netflix docuseries on it. So I know Brandon really enjoyed the recommendation last week. So go check it out. It's called Don't Fuck With Cats. Wait, that's an actual... That is a docuseries on Netflix. Don't fuck with cats. And it's about this crime in particular. Yes, it's about Luca Magnata. Okay. So I'm going to give you a quick little synopsis of it so that you understand. Okay. So he was born in July of 1982. So young man. He's from Scarborough, Ontario, which is near Toronto. And he was arrested for murdering Jun Lin, which was an international student from Wuhan. Mm. So we get quite a bit of international students here because we have some really big universities. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very common for them to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was sensationalized by the media for the wow factor of what he did. So he mailed his victims' hands and feet to federal political party officials and to elementary schools. What? Yes. For so what he, reason? He um, lured this mail in on Craigslist, which we no longer have here. It is God. from Canada now because of this crime specifically. Um, so Luca was gay and not um, receiving the attention he wanted and he was a sick individual so he is previously wanted by animal rights groups for uploading videos of himself on the internet murdering cats which is where the name of the docuseries comes from 
And I he see. then escalated from cats to a human. You know, that's how every serial killer starts. Like the first, yes. the first warning, the first red flag is when they're harming animals. I feel like that's serial killer 101. Exactly. Okay. But this guy was fucked up. So not only did he mail the hands and feet of this gentleman, he posted a video of himself murdering him on the internet. Oh my God. Yeah, so he was part of the dark web and posted it anonymously, obviously. It was not his account that posted it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he posted the video on the internet. And he was arrested in June of 2012. He was found in an internet cafe in Berlin, watching videos of himself and reading the articles about himself oh, when God. they arrested him. Oh, God. And the most interesting part of this whole case, to me at least, is that social media was like new in 2012. Mm -hmm. It's around when that happened. So a group of um, internet trolls, per se, hackers, caught attention of this. And they helped solve where he was and what happened. Do people not realize that even when they make troll accounts, fake names, et cetera, that there are IP addresses that are linked to that account and they can easily be figured out who they are? Exactly. And like they used the CCTV footage to track his movements of what time uh, Mr. Lin showed up and that he never left, that Lucata was take or Luca, sorry, was taking the garbage out, but it wasn't garbage. It was his victim's body. Okay, but my question is, what's the significance of mailing body parts to political groups and elementary schools? Um, I don't know. He Luca was interesting. He's a former adult film star. Wow. <laughs> So he's really like, winning right now. Honestly, he, nothing exciting. He's really winning at this point. Yeah, but he was, he, I don't know, something about his beliefs of how the country was run and he wanted to, you know, the wow factor. So obviously the body parts never made it to like the prime minister because his office opened it. Right. But they dive deep into that whole part of that in the docuseries interesting okay so we basically need to watch don't fuck with cats yes everybody that's your homework please that, go watch that oh my gosh it's a little cringy to watch it's a little hard if you're not into true crime but it is a interesting oh i can't wait another I, i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it tonight i hope you do oh love that well thank you robin for that that i can't wait to watch it now I know. I love that I'm picking the ones with homework. So I know. You guys can follow up on it. We'll definitely have to continue it next week. I will have to follow up and let you know my thoughts on it. Yes, please do. All right, guys. Well, we are going to dive right into our interview with Mandy Moe and Aaron Elizabeth. All right, guys. Guess who we got here today, Robin? Who? We got our friends Mandy Mo and Aaron Elizabeth from TikTok. What's going on, guys? Hi. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? All right. So, if you could just say who you are, so people can know whose voice is who. I mean, I know Aaron's voice is so identifiable, but for those who don't <laughs> know you, Aaron. 
Yeah, I'm I'm Aaron, Aaron Elizabeth, and um, I am TikTok famous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Amanda, but if you know me from TikTok, then you'll know me as Mandy Mo. So do you do you prefer to go by Mandy Mo or do you prefer to go by Amanda? Um, well, I go by Amanda by like friends, close friends and family. So like on TikTok, it's weird to call me Amanda on TikTok. That's so very strange. Yeah. You can call me. You can call me. Amanda. Like if I call her Mandy, it makes me like want to throw up. Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> weird. Yeah, I think it's really funny when people refer to me as Emma Lou because everyone in my immediate life does not call me Emma Lou. They just call me Emma. And mm -hmm. but I my nickname came from my parents when I was a kid because mm -hmm. I look I had the blonde hair pigtails footy pajamas and they would say oh Emma Lou who Emma Lou who so I've always kind of carried that nickname with me little did I know it was going to be like my identifier on TikTok is Emma Lou isn't that so funny my sister is Emily obviously Emily 007 and we've always called her wait why did I just what? wait hold on are you fucking kidding me Emily is your sister I am not fucking kidding you Emily is my sister I didn't know that. I yeah. feel like my whole life Nobody just flashed before it. my eyes. What? Oh, welcome. You are born again. <laughs> you yeah. got... Okay, hold on. Hold How do you not know that? We're so fucking alike. On. I don't know. How you do, do look alike now that I know that. No, I, see it. I don't see it at all. I'm, I'm convinced this is witchcraft. This is all a lie. Well, so if you see us standing next to each other and our mannerisms and how we joke, we are 100% like vag babies for life. Um, <laughs> but looks wise, I always said that she was adopted. Yeah. I, like I'm looking at you, Erin, because I've obviously stared at your beautiful sister so many times. I don't see it. I don't. Yeah. But your Our size, our bodies are very similar. Um but yeah, and when I told her that she was adopted, she would come back with, well, at least they chose me. And I'd be like, fuck, okay, you know? Okay, so who's older? Ooh, good question. Oh, fuck, you're not going to tell me, are you? <laughs> Robin, who do you think is older? Oh, no, I don't like this game. Come on. This is a wonderful game, and there is a winner and a loser <laughs> to this okay. game. Okay, <laughs> Aaron, because I got the balls to, to tell you, you are older. I am. You are correct. Yes. You are correct. So I'm four and a half years older than Emily. Oh, so you're, mm -hmm. well, hold on. So Emily and I have the same birthday. Did you know that? Yep. Okay. I did. And, but she, she's 30. She is 29. 29. Okay. So I'm 32. Oh, so you and I are closer in age. Yeah. I'm 33. I just turned 33 in September. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, like it just like I, I feel like my brain is going doo -doo 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 -doo. like I cannot I'm still like processing mm -hmm. that you guys are sisters do you have any other siblings yeah I have a younger sister who is 17 and then I have a brother who is going to be 13 next month wow your parents were really busy my parents <laughs> were really fucked up and made a lot of mistakes <laughs> I mean I think that's just human beings in general yeah that's the yeah. human race in general. Very cool. Mandy, do you have any siblings? 
Yes, I have two older sisters, or actually, yeah, two older sisters and an older brother. Are they on TikTok that I don't know about? Is is Mike? Wait, is Mike Ivy secretly your brother? <laughs> no, oh my God. Um, my oldest sister is on TikTok, and her and I are the closest. Um, but she doesn't. I mean, she might have one video, but she doesn't really post content. She's just really on there to support me. So she's not like you, who has fifty point seven k followers, just adoring your every move. Right. No, nope. she went and looked at the numbers. Ooh. I sure, I sure did. Well, hold on, Erin. I went to go look at yours. But yours it's is gone. gone. Thank you so much for reminding me. Thank yes. you. Thank you. <laughs> Hers was gone at 27.8. Okay. <sighs> Brutal. It's dropping. It's 26.6 now. Uh, so people are unfollowing me as we speak. I was going to say, people are clearing out the TikTokers that have been permanently <laughs> yeah. banned. And Aaron happens to be one of them. So, I'm just too bad, too bad. No, we're going to we're gonna get her account back. We're putting in all the tickets, and that's yes. what I'm hoping for. Yes. So if so, your handle's MandyMo25, and you're Aaron underscore Elizabeth908. So y'all, you can pick them up after this interview. That's if you still like them at the end. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. I'm definitely kidding. At your, yeah, <laughs> at your own risk. At your own risk. Follow them at your own risk. So... Yeah. What I guess I guess what we can start off with this whole thing is what brought you guys on TikTok? Like when was what was the start for you guys? You want to go? <clears throat> I need some water. So you start. Okay. Um, I don't have. Okay, you got it. So I started just uh two years ago, just making content, pretty much just thirst traps. I was. She was. She was a thirsty. I was thirsty <laughs> stud lesbian. Stud lesbian traps for all the ladies. Posting them. them, I listen. I looked at your videos and I was like, "These are a lot of thirsty traps, Mandy Mo. You thirsty girl." I um love. I just love attention. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I drank her water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what about you, Erin? Um, I started. So my sister had a TikTok first. And, um, I saw that one time I was scrolling and she was live and I was like, what the fuck is this? This looks like so much fun. She's getting attention. All these people are commenting. It looks like she's having a great time. And I just wanted, I wanted that. And so I decided to start posting videos. And as soon as I hit 1k, I was live every single day until today. Did you guys ever think that your TikTok would kind of take the direction that it did. No, absolutely not. not I would always look at other TikTokers who had like even 20K or 30, mm-hmm. 40, 50K. And I, and I was like, that'd be so cool to end up with that many followers one day. Yeah. Didn't think it would ever happen for me. And then like, I had a few like viral videos when I was at work and that's where I got most of my following from. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I got like 15,000 followers from one video that I had posted. So it's crazy. I had one, I had one like truly viral video and I, I've, I'm still getting followers from that video. Still mm-hmm. sitting at a pretty 2.1 million. Thank you. That's right. See, that's, that's good. That so good. That's goals <laughs> it was right literally there. just a video of Shelby picking me up in the air in his face like being in my vagina like that was the video of him <laughs> lifting me up in the air Love it. 
2.0. Well, it hit the algorithm, so. I guess and so, I and it still does. And it, weirdly enough, like the other day, Robin, remember when I was telling you that I think it was going re-viral again because all of a sudden it racked up another 500K views. Mm-hmm. It was. They just keep, yeah, they just keep throwing it back out there. They do. They really, really do. Okay, so you guys, you guys got on TikTok. What did, like, what did your life look like when you first started TikTok? Like, what, what, what was life for Mandy Mo and for Aaron, who didn't know about each other, obviously, at that time? Mm-mm. And how did, how did your journey on TikTok essentially change your life? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, for me, my life looked, I was a full-time hairstylist at the time. Um, I got my son every weekend. And you know, finances were okay. Um, and then once I started TikTok, like, holy shit. I mean, I was living in a one bedroom apartment. I had a puppy and my life just took over, was took over by TikTok. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, the money that was coming in was stupid Mm -hmm. and it changed my life. I was able to you know, move into a bigger apartment, um, afford a new car, be able to pay for a lawyer to get my child back, like custody wise, um, you know, just like be able to provide for myself and my child. And that was the main, the biggest thing that happened to me was the financial gain mm-hmm. from it. Um, and the self-confidence that I was able to receive and the, just the meeting people, you don't realize how many genuine people are out there because the world is so fucked up right um but i've met so many incredible human beings and some really fucking shitty human beings also um i've learned that trolling is one of the most fun things to do but you cannot let people know (laughs) that you are the troll (laughs) oh don't i know don't i know i have an account and people are gonna know it now but my account was the most polite asshole and I would go into people's lives and troll them politely. But I would yep. be like, wow, you look surprisingly mediocre today. And they, I, did you come into my live? I might have. I don't know. I went into a couple people's lives and, and some people did not take to me. And then some people were like, this is awesome. Yeah, I love a troll. Me I really too. do. This and is, everyone this has another their twin thing. This is another twin thing that we got going on, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. I love a troll account. I oh, truly yeah. do. What about you, Mandy? Um, I was working a full-time job in Iowa uh, at Pepsi. I was recently uh, divorced, just trying to like, I was providing for myself and my son on my own. Um, But then when live started, I remember I was like, what is this? And I I did it at work on a break. And um, I didn't believe it because what happened was somebody came in, like, I didn't know what the rankings were. I didn't know anything. And they put me from not ranked. I don't even know what day of the week it was, but it was unranked. To, I was number one for like three days. Oh my God. But in that battle, I didn't really know what it meant. And when I hung up the live and I walked into work, I was like, well, what does that mean? I got like uh, 20 rockets. What are those? What are you know and i didn't know you got 20 rockets yeah on your first line tell them who it was from it was from like a 12 year old boy (laughs) (laughs) i found out like after that week because he came back like i didn't know i was like this marvin person 
or Martin is who it was. And I came back like, and I figured out what the rankings were, that this was real. Um, but when I ended that live, I looked and it, I had like, there was like money. And I was like, that's not real money. That's not coming to me. This is some type of, there's a catch, something. Okay, sure. I'll put it to my PayPal and in my bank. I'm going back to work. This really isn't going to reach my bank. This mm-hmm. something's, this, what? That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of days later, it reached my bank. Oh, and my I was God. like, this can't be real. So I was ranked number one for three days. I finished number two that week. And I figured it all out there. I knew what rockets were. I knew what mm-hmm. all of it was. And um, just the love from so many after I was number one, that's when I really like people noticed, you're going to get noticed at number one. Mm-hmm. Everybody just started noticing me and just like the amount of love people came and just poured on me. I was like, I couldn't take it almost. I it's felt overwhelming. like overwhelmed for the first like two weeks of it because I didn't know it was real and it really was. And I didn't know how to take it. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say your follow count was at that point when you received 20 rockets? Uh, 10K. 10K. Okay. And that was just from content followers. Right. And then all of a sudden, did you see when you were number one there for three days, did you see your following suddenly jump from 10K to 20 Oh yeah. It took to- off. It was, it wasn't shortly after it was 20 and I remember my numbers in the live went from like my first live there was like four people in there that one person stopped by put me at number one shout out to that 12 year old boy um their parents (laughs) were probably so pissed he made me that kid made me you know what I mean like yeah his parents yeah anyway so I found out later (laughs) he was a 12 year old but at that point, I'm already, you know, I'm number one and I've, so many people have helped. It wasn't just him at that time. And then the following week, I think I finished like top 10 again. I don't know the exact number. I have screenshots and all that just because I was, it was freaking me out. But my numbers went from my live numbers. It was like four people to like 50 people plus all the time in my life. And that crazy. lasted for months. That is crazy. Months. All right. <laughs> We're back. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to meet you. I want to meet her in real life. I know. No. Okay. So here's the thing. Emma? Yeah. She's very loud. Good. I I love it. We're loud loud too. Okay. Hold on. We'll totally include this in the podcast, this part at least. So we just had an issue with Zoom, but we figured it out. We resolved it. We can move forward. But Robin, what was your first impression of me when you first met me? Uh, you're very loud and very tall. Like you told me you were tall, but I didn't think you were that tall. How tall do you think I am, guys? Five ten. I'm five ten, right on the money. Wow, right on the I, money. I'm also very tall. How tall? Oh, if you are five foot nothing, first of all, <laughs> no, I've seen your video. You're oh, short as shit, I'm just five like your one, sister. Okay, that's really tall. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even, I can't even be like a, a little person. Wait, how tall are you, Mandy? <laughs> I'm 5'5". Five five. You're short as shit, too? I hey, now. Yeah. yeah I'm, you're, I'm short, short. you're short as shit, Robin. Stop. You all I'm are five short. Five. I'm, I'm short. And that's I would have thought you were taller based on your videos, because believe it or not, I'm like watching videos just to kind of like get an idea of your content. And I'm like, <laughs> did you watch okay. my one video? <laughs> <laughs> 
am I too old to be here with these bitches? I loved yeah. it. That dress is so cute. You never did tell me where you got it from. Oh, I got it from Lulu's. Oh, it's so cute. And the, the color you. is perfect with your tan skin and the hair color. Thank you. Picasso. I love that color. Picasso, I like it. Okay, so you guys, are you guys now, would you consider yourself full-time content creators or do you still hold jobs <laughs> nine to five? What, what yes. is it that you do now? Uh, I'm a full-time content creator, I guess, <laughs> is what you'd call me. She's a stay-at-home stay dog mom. Yes. That's what I am. <laughs> oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually going back to work um, next week. Oh, good for you. Now, yeah. I purposely didn't, like, ask any questions, any personal questions about you guys when we've co-hosted live because I wanted to ask questions in this to, and I could give you my raw reaction kind of like finding out that Emily was your sister that really still fucking blows my mind yep. um but I know the first time that we that I met you guys and um Aaron you had brought up you know did we have we ever spoken about addiction in in our on our podcast I believe that's what you yes 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 mm -hmm. and I you know and I didn't want to open that door just yet with you when, when we talked on lives and what have you, because I wanted to have a very open, honest dialogue about that. And I will kind of just leave the floor to you to kind of take us through why that's so important to you to talk openly about addiction. Oh, gosh. I mean, so I have been sober since January 22nd of 2018. Um, I was a IV um, heroin user. I smoked crack. I, I mean, you name it, my drug of choice was, what do you have? Um, I ran my life into the ground. I had a child that I neglected and abused, um, not in the sense of physical abuse, but just not being present, you know, just not taking care of him the way that a child should be taken care of. Um, and, you know, being a mother and struggling with those addictions, um, was really tough and it's still pretty tough mm -hmm. you know even four and a half years later I just got custody back of my child so this stuff I think is really serious and um you know I'm really passionate about it I I work a 12-step program I am really involved in the recovery program here in Raleigh where I live <clears throat> um I've you know taken both of my parents recently to rehab which was really 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 difficult but you know, the stigma of drug addicts and alcoholics it, is still really bad, even in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm, I'm proud to say today that I, I use drugs and alcohol to, you know, cope with my life. And now I don't, right. You know, um, and when people think needles and heroin, they're like, oh my God, they're taken aback. Like, you don't look like the type of person that would use drugs like that or you know you don't look like you're like you're too pretty or you're too smart or you talk like you have some sense like you know and it's just really scary the people that struggle with this are are not the type that live under the bridge or that are homeless or you know I mean there's tons of tons of people out there struggling and I don't talk about this on my TikTok I feel like with TikTok, it's a very limited box that you're put into once you put that stuff out there. 
And so I'm really glad to be on your podcast to be able to talk about it. Of, of course, in lives, if it comes up, I'm not ashamed and I always talk about it. Um, but I'm pretty sure if I said heroin on TikTok, I'd get banned. So um, <laughs> she already had one one account taken away. We can't afford another one. Yeah, I cannot afford it. Um, literally. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really passionate about it. And you know, Amanda and I, we bonded really fast over the fact that um, you know, I used to do drugs and that I don't anymore. Um, and I'm sure she'll tell you about that, but it's cool to be able, when you trauma bond with somebody, like there is no, no stronger bond, you know? And when you talk about when you've been through difficulties, it's kind of like the 12 step program that I'm in. Like nobody can help me more than another person that's been through what I've, I've been through. Um, and so that's what really connected Amanda and I, and what started our relationship. Um, and so yeah, let's talk about crack and meth and heroin and needles <laughs> and fucking like let's go deep. I mean, so um, you had said you had said you just took your parents to rehab. Yeah. So so addiction runs in your family, and ha has it always been have have has it always been an issue since you can remember growing up? Oh my god, yeah. I mean, my parents divorced when I was six. Um, my dad, I was really, 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 really close to my dad. Um, and he kind of just took off and that was really, really hard on me as a child. Um, and there was just a lot of drinking. My mom was the party animal of her family. My dad was the party animal of his, they had a shotgun wedding. Um, they were just set up for failure from the beginning. And here I am coming into the world birthed by two alcoholics who, cannot live their lives without a substance. Um, my mom was addicted to cocaine. I probably am a Coke baby, which explains a lot. Um, and yeah, they struggled for a long time, um, but they were so quick to take me to rehab because I was using heroin, mm -hmm. you know? So it, there's levels to this shit, right? right. So once, once they see me doing that, which is way, it's, I mean, it's extremely dangerous, right? I mean, I, I much rather deal with an alcoholic than a heroin addict. Um, so they sent me to rehab, which it, it kept me dry. It didn't, I didn't do drugs during that time, but it wasn't for long-term sobriety. I love rehab. I'm all about going to treatment if that's what you need, but long-term that's not the solution. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, in December, I got a call that my dad was smoking crack and huffing duster. Um, that was um, a one-time thing. I've never experienced that before. And so my sister and I, Emily, mm -hmm. we drove down to Alabama and took him to treatment. And what's cool is the money that I made from TikTok, because I had just started, was able to pay for his treatment. That's um, really awesome, actually. So it's really cool. Just the way that like, there's a reason for everything and th everything happens for, for a reason. And I truly believe that once I started TikTok, I was able to like fucking drop everything and go and still work. And um, yeah, then my mom shortly after that needed treatment. So yeah, this shit is really, really, really prevalent in my family. So um, how old were you when you started dabbling in drugs and partying and drinking? Do you remember? I was 15. Mm -hmm. That's about the I age I was. I was actually, no, I started, 
I started experimenting with alcohol and when I say drugs, just weed. Cause yeah. I, I, I mean, you're a wuss. I get it. Yeah. I was a big pussy. No, <laughs> no I just, I, uh, to be quite honest to this day, I still have never seen cocaine. Isn't that strange? Like I'm, strange. I'm 32 years yeah. old and I've never, I've never seen anyone use cocaine. I've never been offered, offered cocaine. Do I just like, do I not look like someone who would want that? Nobody's ever been like, Hey, you want a bump or anything? Yeah. Nobody's approached yeah, me. You say no. Just be lucky you I weren't mean, my of friend. Course, of course I would say no, but like, <laughs> I'm a little, I'm just a little offended that nobody thought that I wanted to partake <laughs> of drugs. So I you guess. at least wanted to be offered. I wanted yeah. to be offered and I wanted the option to reject. Okay. Well, that's how I feel about human trafficking. I'm too old for that now. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I'm offended that I was never tried to be trafficked. She's funny. Well, hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes the most fucked up individuals have the greatest humor because we're mostly making jabs at ourselves. Yeah, for sure. You for know, sure. I was an ugly duckling for the traffic community. That's fine. <laughs> well, um, they're lost. They're yeah, lost because you are stunning. Agreed. I would have made them so much money. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I would have done all the drugs. Like, what the fuck? No Free problem. Drugs? I've got this. <laughs> Yeah, where are we going? <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, you had said earlier that you and Mandy shared this trauma bond together. Now, Mandy, do you want to kind of explain why you guys have that trauma bond? Um, yeah, so when I found out, uh, well, when me and Anne started talking, and she just was telling me her story, and I was fascinated. Like, it sucked me in. And I FaceTime. We were FaceTiming. We were not on live. Yeah. And it sucked me in. And I was I was just like fascinated. I want to know more. I want to hear more. And I feel like most people who are like looking to date, they're not they're gonna run from something like that. Like, whoa, I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I was super attracted to that because I was thinking finally someone who might understand, like my family, my sister, uh my not my oldest, but my, she's one of the middle ones. Um, one she's, of the middle siblings. One right. Of the litter. She, she, I don't have any memories of her, barely any memories of her, including up to today. You know, she's been on meth for my like whole life and she was older than me. So that's all I remember of her. My brother's an alcoholic. Uh, my mom struggles with meth. My dad was in prison for cooking it. And I was just like, no one understood that part of my childhood or life anyone that I've ever dated and like when I even bring up drugs or sometimes there's a family crisis that has to do with drugs and it's like oh my god it's this huge problem and a big deal and they don't understand it they don't get it all I hear is your family's so fucked up you know she she's not going to do that because she understands it on, on a better level than even me you know what I mean so when I was hearing her I just I also never saw anyone, including anyone in my family to ever, you know, get sober. Yeah, they're sober for like a month or two or three, and then they're not. So I never actually saw it in, in work. And with her, I was like, really? 
it worked for you yeah I didn't I, I never got to see it you know and I still haven't other than her and now her dad and it just really touches my heart because it's it's close to home this is yeah. this is probably a bad joke. And her mom, I, I, her mom I, I just feel like I need to say it. It's like I love you because you understand my fucked upness, and my fucked upness is your fucked upness, and let's just have a fucked upness baby together, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna judge her, and she's not gonna judge me. Your family's fucked up. My family's fucked up. It's gonna work out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, so how long have you guys been together now? Uh, January. Since so. January is when you guys started dating. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. still a newer relationship. Goodness gracious. And you guys live together. Talk about you all lesbians. Let's go. That is exactly <laughs> what we are. <laughs> well, um, it was so we had no idea what we're going to do or how we're going to do this. And no, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby gay, too. So I was gonna, So we will touch that because, I mean, obviously okay. you had talked we, when you had brought up custody earlier. Or was I talking to you about that, Mandy, earlier? Me. We, oh, yes. I was talking to you about it. She mentioned your child's father. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh. She's not a gold star. Well, neither are you, Mandy, since I've learned, but yeah, <laughs> but you are truly a baby gay. So meaning Amanda has been the first woman that you've ever been with. Uh, in a relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I kind of want to go down the avenue a little bit, if you don't mind. So being that Amanda is your first relationship, ha like, had you been with women before? Have you, had you ever thought like the possibility of dating a woman was going to be on your radar so yeah I had always thought about it and you know I've dated this is gonna sound bad but I've dated so many men and I've always wanted to like force this like square peg into a round hole mm -hmm. you know I there was that physical attraction was there but that emotional was never there for me and I remember one time we were on live and we were in boxes and a friend of ours was talking about her daughter coming out and you know she was trying to understand her daughter and Amanda was explaining it to her in a way that my sister was watching and she was like Aaron I saw your face and you just had this fucking aha moment of like oh my god and this is before her and I were dating um when we were just friends and Amanda explained it you know I never had that emotional connection and you know I've always felt attracted to male and female I just didn't think I would ever meet someone and fall in love with them and for a man like I say I'm straight but I'm gay for Amanda mm -hmm. but I also think it's funny just to say that because I want her to like <laughs> understand that like I I would not I don't know how to explain it she just got she just took my heart and that was it so Aww. yeah Oh, <laughs> um, so but yeah, so I, I came out on live. Like, you did really? There's, yeah, there's a video if you scroll down far enough on her page. Okay, I was gonna say if it's on Aaron's, it's gone. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Just yeah, to remind you. Just to remind thank you, all your videos no, yeah, are gone. No, we had this. We had this whole live where she had come down to visit me. 
And I made an event and, you know, I was telling everyone, I have a secret. I'm going to expose something, blah, 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 like get everyone's attention. And I'm live and, you know, we're getting ready to everybody. The room's filling up. And then I'm like, all right, it's time. And then I had Emily in the box. Oh, wait, I saw this video. I saw this video. That was it. So then Amanda walks around the corner and comes into the frame and we're just like we kiss and everyone's like what the fuck (laughs) I had I had my friends in real life were like you're fucking gay like what the fuck that's (laughs) not the appropriate reaction you're fucking gay (laughs) yeah and my my best friend one of my best friends Becca was apparently on the toilet and she screams to her girlfriend Aaron's kissing a girl Oh my God. That's so crazy. It was really easy for me. Like coming out was really easy. I called my mom who was in rehab and she was just like, well, you make better life choices than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> my dad just got out of rehab and he's like, all right, cool. I'll follow your lead. Like, you know what to do. And I'm like, all right. And then told my sister. And of course my sister was like, I love you. Like I see your connection, like whatever. Um, at first she was like, Erin, you don't have a crush on her like that. Everyone has a crush on Manny Mo. Like you're going to get over it. Move past it. It's the and thirst I, traps. Yeah, it's the thirst <laughs> it's traps. It's the thirst traps. I mean, what are you going to do? Hose will be hose. <laughs> um, but she was like on board. I told her how serious I was. And I truly was like, I have serious feelings for this girl. Um, so I didn't have a lot of fallout from coming out. And, um, except for my, my son's father, who became extremely homophobic and didn't let me see my son for six months, but that's another topic. And we'll get to that whenever you want, (laughs) whenever you want, we'll drag the son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay. So Mandy being that she, that Aaron is a baby gay, were you nervous at all to enter into a relationship with a woman who had really just been with men before? No. I wasn't it was like I I've had connections with women this one was different this one was so strong that I fell in love with her before I met her on live through the screen and I'm like this is this like I'm talking myself out of it like this isn't real no one does this this is some type of fantasy that's in your mind and it'll go away or whatever and then when I saw her it just was like it was literally I'm going to sound corny. Two souls connecting. And I felt that. You don't sound corny at all because yes, she, but it's okay. It's yeah. no, it's so it's, I understand that feeling. Cause that's how I feel with Shelby. And that's how I felt when I, when I met Shelby. Other people so, feel this way. No, yes. I felt that way too. I'm just really like, she can't, I'm, she can't be. <laughs> Robin's, Robin's slowly vomiting in the corner there. She's like, Bleh. Yeah. It's Robin, me? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not a lovey dovey kind of person. No, she is not a lovey dovey person. Literally, I'll sit there when I'm on FaceTime with Robin, I'll be like, I just love Shelby. And she'll be like, We fucking know, Emma, you love Shelby. I know. Like, oh, I know. I love it. I love love. <laughs> but I've never felt it like this. Right. I forced love. I forced love before and made it happen. And I don't, I haven't had to force anything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. So then you guys started dating in January and then you moved from Iowa to North Carolina in the spring? Yeah, uh, May. May. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so 
now it's October. You guys feel really settled. You have a good routine going. Things are going well so far. Yes. Oh, praise be. We love that. We love a U-Haul lesbian success. <laughs> Blessed be the fruit, honey. Mazel tov, mazel tov. <laughs> so, but what's interesting, Amanda, Mandy, when I was looking through your videos, there was one video that you had where it was you 12 years ago of you in a dress with your hair mm -hmm. done up, looking nothing like you, and then who you are now. Can you kind of walk us through like your journey of becoming Mandy Mo? I would love to. So I was in a, in a church for 15 years. They helped me through my childhood. My parents weren't there. Um, so I don't know how, but I turned to God and the church and I was highly involved in that. And when it, I went to them and told them, like, I think, um, I think I'm a lesbian. Like I have feelings for women and I'm attracted to women. How old were you? And then they, uh, first time I told them I was 14 or 15. How old were you when you knew? Like, cause obviously there's a, going to be some time before you actually admit that to them. Uh, I knew, uh, Long like seven or eight, That's nine. All you ever Real knew. Young, I knew like I, yeah, I knew, but I didn't know like what. I just knew I was attracted to the same sex. <clears throat> so then when I went to them and told them, you know, they're like, "That's not right. We need to. We'll pray for you. You, you can't do that." Basically, and then I just was like, "Cool, all right." So then I started hiding it, and then I couldn't hide it, and then it kept like coming up. And finally, they said, all right, we're going to send you to Tampa, Florida. It's a Bible college. We're going to get you set free from homosexuality. So I was like 20, 19, 20. They sent me to Florida. I lived there for a year. And while I was there, I ended up with a girl. And then I came back and I was like, this isn't really going to work. Like I could feel it on the inside of me. And then um, I... I went back to Iowa and I worked at the church alongside of my best friend. And I was like telling her goodbye. I was like telling her, I can't continue to do this because I'm hurting women in the process. Like I'm, I'm dating them, but then I'm leaving them because I can't be gay anymore. You know, and I'm trying to hide this. And I was like the next person um, that I start a relationship, I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to leave them and whatever. So I ended up doing that. I left the church and I was able to like go to prides and dress how I wanted. I didn't have to like wear dresses or do that anymore. And it was the best decision that I've ever made to walk away. Cause now I'm able to be me who I am. And I've never felt more comfortable mm -hmm. with who I am. I love that. So was it the Mormon church? Pentecostal. Ah, close enough. Tongue talkers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no. That, see, it makes me, hearing stuff like that really hurts my heart because, I mean, I, I grew up in, as an Episcopalian, Episcopalians don't give a fuck. We love, we love the gays, the she's the gays, the days. But, mm. um, you know, to, to grow up in an environment where you feel like, this is your only choice to living a life where you are, you know, you, you are doing all the right things by the yeah. eyes of everyone else and not living a life for yourself sucks. 
that sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I don't understand to the extent of hiding my sexuality. I do understand from the sense of, you know, I, I grew up in a family where there were societal expectations of me and my, you know, my grandfather was president of a bank was very well, like both my grandparents were very well known within the community to which my parents obviously followed. So then here I am, you know, Emma sneaking out of the house, you know, smoking weed in the bathroom, doing everything basically to to push boundaries and be like the disappointment, right? Right. When, when really I'm just being a fucking teenage kid. Like we're, we're, we're basically trying to figure out who we are as people. And even at the age of 32, like I'm still trying to fucking figure out who I am as an adult. Fuck yeah. I mean, how are you not you have to try things in order to figure out if you like it, right? Exactly. Just, However, I'll try heroin because you don't like it. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, there are people who, like, I love my parents with all of my being. I do. However, they were, they were raised to basically, this is what you have to do. This is, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you do all these things, and success will just come. And it worked for them, but it doesn't work for everyone. And just because my idea of happy life is different from what you're doing, it scares them. I think it's more fearful for them. And so, I mean, every day I still get a phone call from my dad being like, um, so do you have a job yet? And I'm like, working on it, dad. Even though I'm in real estate, like there's nothing really going on. They don't believe in this TikTok thing. They don't really believe in the po- They have never once asked about my podcast which is crazy. So, you know, and it does it hurt. No, I like at this point, it is what it is. I, mm-hmm. I have to start making choices for myself. But there are people who will go out, go throughout their whole life, making choices just to seek the approval of others. And it makes me so fucking sad for them. Because you can see that's, how miserable they are. It's that's so exactly what I for 15 years and I'd pray to God at night in my bed like please make me normal I didn't know that I was like I thought something was wrong with me that's so fucked I mean but keep in mind you were just a product of the environment you were raised in you were made to believe that being a lesbian is a sin and you were made to believe that your feelings were wrong and that there was something wrong with you when that was so far from the truth mm-hmm. right so it yeah. just you know Thank goodness we live in a generation where people obviously are more open-minded, but it still blows my mind when you go into communities where people very much have that old age approach on things Mm -hmm. and think that the rest of the world is demented because they don't see what they see. It's just, it, the whole thing just fucking mind boggles me. Mind boggles me. It is. It's like, you know, she had a really shitty fucked up childhood and she goes to this church that is going to help her mind you she's still a child and then they feed her all this bullshit now so did, did your parents go to the church also mandy or just you um my dad did uh probably he took me there about three times and i really loved my dad and i just he was just my world so he didn't go after that and i figured like i'm gonna go I'm going to figure out a way to go there. And then I made connections and people knew me through there. My best friend went there. She actually, she's my best friend. She's older than me, but she raised me. She took care of me. And she was also in the church, which now today she also left the church because of the stuff that they just have us believe. It's like our way or no way. This is the only way. If you're not going to go this way, then you can't be here. You're not, you know, so 
she's gone I'm gone but we worked there we like our whole life was Sundays Wednesday we're at church and then throughout the week that was our job as well so we just had to live and breathe it and finally I I had enough and when I left she was about two years behind me and she left did you feel like you had an identity crisis when you left the church no I felt like complete freedom so you're supposed to go to church to be free to get freedom god like freedom from all everything and i went there and got bondage and then when i left there i became free like i didn't have to like worry anymore about the way i look is this too much or it was this is what i want to look like today and i get to be that Mm -hmm. and this is me this feels right do you ever this is comfortable do you ever feel like you have any sort of trauma-induced reactions toward one another do you know what yeah. i'm talking about so, uh, like, us? like it, it, say you guys are in a reaction like you, you i'm sorry say you guys are in a fight okay and oh, well, let's go but, but like someone could say something that could kind of bring you back say back to the times when you were in the pentecostal church back to the times when you were doing heroin like mm-hmm. what's i mean have you guys how do you guys handle those situations i mean because you both have been through some pretty traumatic shit mm-hmm. so i believe we're still working a lot out but like it's a i'm able to see like what my like my huge thing is abandonment mm-hmm. so everyone has always like they love me based on conditions as long as i'm performing and i'm doing good and i'm doing what you like so here what else do you need can i give mm-hmm. you are you happy and then if I'm not making you happy, I have a huge fear that now you're done with me because that's part of the church. Like you're not performing, you're not doing right. So now you got to go. So mm-hmm. I see that in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, it's, you know, my dad left when I was young, he came in and out of my life for sure. Um, but I have that, like, you're always going to leave, like too good to be true. Um, my mother, and my stepfather, there was a lot of abuse there, physical abuse. And so I was always angry with my mother. Like, why didn't you just leave? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So when shit gets hard for me in relationships, I just leave. Um, and so now that's what, you know, I'm going to go to therapy about, I'm going to try and like work through some of that shit because I'm going to be wherever I go. You know, it doesn't matter what relationship I'm in. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of trauma and shit that we both have. Um, and we both identify it and we're aware that it's there. And I think that's the biggest thing is like knowing that it's there and wanting to change it. I'm not trying to hide it. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really cool. And when you were talking about, um, you know, no matter where you run, you will always be there. And it's, yeah. and it, and it, it's so true because so many times people think that if I leave this situation, things will automatically get better mm. and sure temporarily it will until it happens again. And then yeah. you sit there and you think, why does this always happen to me? And this is where I so often preach that maybe it's time to take a look at yourself. Mm-hmm. and see how you influence the situation or how you are you are part of the problem and taking accountability for your part because there's no perfect human we all make mistakes which i told shelby today 
(laughs) 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 Which is like quick diversion to that. So I text, I was real, I went the petty approach with it. So to give everyone an idea, so Shelby last night went out. And my thing is being that he's in Texas, I was like, okay, can you please just text me when you're home so I know you're safe? He did not text me. That motherfucker did not text me. So I was like, I was irritated because that's the second time that he's done that this week. Okay. First time I can understand, you know, okay, because we're still in a new relationship. Shelby and I have only been together since May. So, you know, we're still learning very much a lot about each other, but I still cupcaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, um, you know, laying out expectations, but we also, have come from very different relationship expectations, the mm-hmm. health of relationships. Like Shelby's never really had a healthy relationship in many avenues of his life. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I have either, but my, my marriage wasn't all bad. And I actually learned a lot of healthy things from that marriage. My marriage didn't work out because we simply are better off as friends. Mm-hmm. And he checked a lot of the boxes for my parents and not so much for me. So, but I did learn a lot of, of healthy skills in that marriage that I am so grateful that I learned. So now we're in that phase of like, I'm trying to tell Shelby, like, just because I'm disappointed in something you did doesn't mean that it, I love you any differently. And that's what I tried to explain to him. But it's, of course, at first I like went the petty route and I was like, um, <laughs> But I said something along the lines of, like, hope you made it home safe, but I wouldn't know because you didn't text me. Like, <laughs> yes, that's something I would say. <laughs> and then and then I sent him another text, like, a couple hours later and was like, I'm just really disappointed that we've already had this conversation. I laid out the expectations, and yet you still did not send me a text message. Like, mm-hmm. not, and it's not so much, like, a control thing. I'm not going to, like, I'm not trying to control him. It's not that I don't trust him because I trust him implicitly. Like. It's just, it's, it's a peace of mind that I know that he is home safe. It's a respect thing too, I feel, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I get it. So then, and so then he tried FaceTiming me and I was laying down with my son trying to get him down for a nap and I was like dozing off. So I didn't feel it, my phone vibrate until he tried calling. So then I texted him and then I start going into him on tech, on text message. And he's, all he responds is babe and said nothing else and I was like what the fuck like he wanted to have this conversation in person I'm like no I don't want to I don't even want to look at you right now I was like (laughs) it's that first fight that's like it's over so then so then I'm I'm face I'm facetiming him and I can't I'm like trying not to look at him because like if I look at him I'll cry and I'm here I am like trying to be this mad like bad bitch right Mm -hmm. and like be like hbic of the situation and he's like, you're not even looking at me. And I was like, no, because I'm irritated. He goes, fine, be irritated and hung up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's and so funny. Like, even your fights are cute. I know. Right? So then I, call, I called Robin and, and Robin was like, like, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm logically talking about everything with her. And she's like, yep, 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 yep. And I was like, OK, um, I'm going to go because I'm not I'm not OK right now. And it got to the point where I was like. <laughs> To, to Shelby, I was like, are you breaking up with me? I should also preface, guys, I'm getting my period in a couple of days, and I always try and sabotage my relationship every month right before I get my every period. Every month. Every month. Every single month. 
I cannot relate to that. Like, at all. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. But the funniest part is yesterday, even Shelby was like, are you about to get your period? I was like, yes, but that's besides the point, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> that is the entire point. <laughs> Do not talk about my uterus. It's the entire point, Emma. Shut the Leave my uterus out of this. Leave my uterus out of this. Just validate my feelings and cuddle me, okay? I don't think I'm asking for much. So, yeah. So, no, we're good now. We're good. I mean, we're perfectly fine. It just, it basically was like, you know. You love him more now than you did before, I bet. I do. (laughs) But, But the funny thing is, is like, I, for him, he's only seen toxicity. You know, hang up. Net, like block number i'm done with you i'm gonna go step out on this you know on our relationship like blah blah blah. he only knows toxic mm-hmm. fighting so and it's it's really been kind of a process to try and teach healthy communication because i think it's completely false expectations for people to think that couples aren't gonna fight you can absolutely yeah. you can absolutely have a disagreement but i think a key component is how to be healthy in that communication while also expressing disappointment or disagreement or something opposite of what your partner feels. Yeah, completely right. agree. Okay. I, I mean, I can just be absolutely um, argumentative for no reason, and and it's toxic. Yeah. It's just toxic, um, and that's a learned behavior that mm-hmm. I've had over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. you talked about, you talked a little bit about your ex and, and mm-hmm. I know Mandy and I talked about co-parenting earlier and it, it like, it makes me sad. You guys don't have a, a healthy co-parenting relationship at this time, but do you guys think that someday you could with both of your partners? At this point? No. Uh, we were the greatest co-parents on the face of the earth. We went on trips together with Parker. We you know, would go spend the day together with Parker, like make sure that he had that mother, father, like we're cool. We make this work. We both love you, um, have this respect for one another. And then as soon as he saw a video on TikTok, he sent me a text and was like, so you're with a girl now. And I gave him a call and the phone call was like, over my dead body is my son going to have two moms. And Amanda was sitting right there and we both, you know, and then I hung, hung up of course, and we both just start crying. And that was my first experience with, you know, negative, um, homophobia. Yeah. 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 Her, like, yeah. I just didn't understand it. Um, you know, he had given me, he's always wanted to be with me. Um, I think is like the main thing. And it's been six years. The wounds are healed over new skin, new body, plastic surgery, like done moving on. Um, but he, he is just one sick fucking puppy. Well, mind you at the time, this was my first, wasn't my first visit. Yeah. I'm not trying to be step in and be his mom. I I didn't, wouldn't even, even if he said I could meet him, I wouldn't have wanted to meet him yet because it it didn't feel right. I wasn't like, hey, Eric, I have a new mom for Parker. Like, it's time to meet her. Like, are you fucking kidding me? We had just met that week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just, it wasn't good. And it hasn't been since. Because I just met Parker recently. 
Oh, I yeah. was gonna say, I was gonna ask if you had met Parker yet. Well, we had to go to court and fight for it, but yeah. that's yeah. the reason, like, and I love him and like, I wanna be there for him, but I'm not telling him I'm his mom or it's not at that level. <laughs> I, <know>? am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but now he actually has Aaron's three getting of petty. Aaron's getting petty. <laughs> Fuck your dad. This is your other parent now. Yeah. Two moms. I, I like when she talks to Mike real close. I know. Fuck your dad. Yeah. Fuck your Go dad. fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. So if that's very interesting. Okay, so you hadn't seen your son in six months. When was the first time you saw him? Um. So I had taken him to Alabama the week before Amanda came down here. And so it was January 24th or something was the last time I had seen him. And then... I got to see him for a couple hours in March, I think. And then I didn't get an overnight with him until, I don't know, um, May or June. No, it wasn't May. It was was June. June. So he just flat out refused to let you see your son. Yeah. So when I was dating. Just simply because you were dating Mandy is what uh, he told you. I, I never fought for custody because we were so great. And he always let me have Parker uh, every weekend. You know, I was very, I've been a very involved parent since I got sober. Um, and so I never found a reason to go for custody. Plus he'd always throw the child support in my face. Like, well, if you do that, I'll go for back child support. Like, you know, just piece of shit kind of shit. And um, so I finally did. I went for custody and got awarded. Um, what did I get awarded? I don't she, fucking know. She has time with her son now. Yeah, like he can he can't take him away from me. He can't. Right. He doesn't have that like carrot over my head anymore. That's and good. he used to use that as power. It sounds like over the whole family. Like, well, then I'll just take him. So. Yeah. So I'm like my parents didn't see him. My sisters, my sister saw him in what was it um, September, and she hadn't seen him since Christmas. Oh my god, I'm like nauseous just thinking about that because it's sickening. Dude, it's sickening. I nothing nothing makes me more angry than seeing a parent using their child as a pawn, mm-hmm. it, just to get what they want out of a situation. I think oh, it's so Parker was up. hurting. He was hurting so bad. How when old I was Parker, him, he's gonna be eight in uh, next week. He's gonna be eight. Okay. So birthday, he would also. Parker. What'd you say? I said happy birthday, Parker. Yeah, <laughs> happy birthday, Parker. He would tell him that I was busy. Like, I've been too busy to see him. And so Parker's like, so mommy, I know you've been busy. You know, I'm like, what do you mean I've been busy? (laughs) I've been trying to see you. But I don't want to talk badly about his dad in front of him. So it's like always swallowing the fucking bigger pill. And it's so frustrating and degrading. Um, But had to be done because here we are. I think it's always better to have something legally in writing especially when it comes child custody because i've seen too many people who don't have anything formally written and the other you know the other parent will use it as leverage you know you're you're not paying me child support i you know i could absolutely take you for this much but if you know we could probably work something out if you do it this way for me and it's just it, it it causes it causes too much pain for everyone all around. Like, uh, well, not to mention, I had been providing for him all those years, just not in a child support way. 
you know, so he's going to get all this money that I've already. Right. Right. No, that's terribly annoying. I'm sorry. That sucks. That's a- we overcome it. Yeah. yeah. We got this. And then Mandy, you have a three and a half year old. Yes. What's his name? Bennett. Oh, Bennett. I love Bennett and Parker. Now they have not met each other, correct? They have. They have. They have. How did it go? So good. Parker is so sweet with Bennett. Like, uh, it just was, it was good. And they understand that you both are in a relationship with each other. I mean, obviously, three and a half year olds not going to really understand much. But like, Parker understands, okay, Mandy is mommy's girlfriend. And yep. Yeah, he understands. He loves Amanda. I mean, loves Amanda. And I'm like, yeah, this is your mom now. But I love him too, and I just—he's so sweet. You know what? I enjoy spending time with him. Those little boys are really very lucky because they are going to have shining examples of what love should look like. That's the goal. Oh, I love that for you guys. Guys, we've been talking here now for an hour. Yeah, we've been crushing it. We've been crushing it. I was telling Robin. Same for part two. Yeah, I know. know. Part two. Part two of the interview. No, I'm kidding. No, guys, we've had so much fun, but we're going to wrap this up. No, I think it was great. This was so fun. I've always wanted to be famous on a podcast also. Too bad this yeah, podcast sure. is not verified. Platforms no pun intended. Yeah. No, I think it was a really, I I loved every minute of this, of talking with you guys about this because I, as a content creator on TikTok, I always try, I try to normalize trauma. I try to normalize our fuck ups. I try to normalize our mistakes because we're such imperfect human beings. And for so long, people are forced to hide those parts of them. And then they feel so ashamed and then they never address it. And then they become even more fucked up human beings. Right. Yeah. Part of part of normalizing and addressing and being vocal about it means, yeah, I've done this, but this does. I'm not letting my failures define who I am or who I was or who I am now. Like right. it's part of the journey in becoming who we are and, and kind of how we grow from the situation is everything. So I love, I love talking with you guys about this and I just adore you both. And we are, we are definitely going to make it happen where I come to North Carolina. You know what? I'm not going to tell either of you. I'm going to have Emily surprise me. I'm going to pop out of my motherfucking box. Do it. Yeah, surprise do it. bitches. It's going to yes. be a tall box. <laughs> It'll be a refrigerator box. I'm be like, is that a new fridge? Oh, no. It's Emma Lou. <laughs> no, it's me, bitches. <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to talk with us. This is going to be awesome. Guys, Mandy, Mo, Aaron, Elizabeth, please pick them up on TikTok. Guys, drop your handles one more time for everyone. Aaron underscore Elizabeth 908. Mandy, Mo, 25. All right. We'll wrap this up. Thanks, guys, so much. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Right. We'll see you. Oh, I loved talking to Mandy, Mo, and Aaron so much. So, 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 so. Aaron is, I'm obsessed with her personality. Her personality is everything. I still can't believe that her and Emily are siblings. I, yeah, I'm still, I'm still wrapping my head around that. I literally said to Emily on live, Emily, you did not tell me that Aaron was your sister. I still don't think they look alike. 
I'd see it a little bit. They have very similar face shapes and their eyes are similar. Well, their their body mannerisms. I feel yeah. like now I can pick up now on that. Now that she told us that, I saw it. Oh, love that. I you know, I there are people that I meet on this app that I you know, that I'm like, "Oh god, I really hope I get to meet him in person one day." And Mandy and Aaron are definitely those people. I want to make it happen because they are just so incredible. So 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 um, incredible. I'm extremely shy, but I'll try my best. You can was, drag me. Yeah. Well, no, I I definitely I definitely got the impression that you were just kind of absorbing everything and that was the first time you had actually met them. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever actually talked to them and it is like I said very culturally different. Yeah. For me to see that I've never experienced really any discrimination other than my weight. But mm. like my skin color and who I love and all that stuff has never been put into question or held against me. Mm -hmm. So it's very not I shouldn't say fascinating. Like it hurts my heart that they've gone through that stuff. But well, also I like just to hear their story so that I can educate other people. It was fascinating hearing Erin's story about her addiction. Also, I just yes. I've never personally dealt with addiction and like she said, you look at her and you had no, you would have no idea her history. Yeah, I have no clue. So it just, I had, I had such a large respect for her before, but I have an even larger respect now seeing her perseverance and her resiliency and just fucking like owning her own narrative, but also just being a fucking badass boss, sober bitch. You know what I yeah. mean? inspiring and they're both they're both incredibly inspiring women on the like on, each on their own individually but for them to come together they're they're just a fucking powerhouse oh love i loved that. it i loved it and i hope you guys really enjoyed it like we did um y'all if you have any feedback any any dumpster fire stories anything that you want to hear uh, on the podcast, we do have an email, notverifiedpodcast at gmail.com. We are continuously checking that. So please, 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 please shoot us an email. Robin? And leave us a five-star review. Yes, please. It Guys, helps. on whatever platform that you are, are listening to this on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, please subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. It only helps us in the long run. We appreciate your continuous support and we love you guys so, so, so much. We hope you have a great week. And guys, we hope you have a great fucking week. We gotta go though, Robin. We got shit to do. See ya. See ya, motherfuckers. Fire! <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> that feels even more appropriate to put that. But yeah, no, let's fucking go. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>